It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Auburn Athletic Director John Cohen told ESPN he wants incremental improvement. What does that mean for 2023? Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me as he does every single Monday, Auburn Dailies and Locked On MLB Prospects own Lindsey Crosby hanging out with us over the weekend. Lindsey, ESPN puts out a feature story on Hugh Freeze his hiring, and I guess just the Auburn football program in general. Heather Dinich wrote the story, and we talked about her two months ago when she was here writing the story. It's finally out. I think she did a good job for the most part, but there's a few quotes in here, Lindsay, that stood out to me, and the whole thing's on ESPN.com if you want to check out what Heather Dinich had to say. We're going to key in more on like the quotes from the the coaching staff and things like that. I think that's a little more meat on there. So here's a quote from Auburn AD John Cohen says, I absolutely understand the fact our improvement is going to come in increments and I believe we're going to get there. But I think Hugh totally agrees with the fact that our goal incremental improvement every day, every month. And if we do that, we know it's going to show up on the football field. Big fan of showing up, winning the day, but like it's very cliche, Lindsay. It's a very cliche thing to say. I don't disagree with it. It's clearly important to get better every day. But the big question is, okay, incrementally improving, what does that mean on the field in 2023? Completing 50% of your passes? That'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be yeah. great. Uh, I think it's something where, and I'm, I'm sure people listening laughed at that, uh, it's we know that year one of Hugh Freeze is not going to be to the standard of Auburn fans of we should be a program that is able to compete to win the SEC. Like we probably. understand that. Yeah, yeah. probably. There's a there's a good chance it's not going to happen given what he's having to deal with from the previous mm-hmm. guys. Uh, but we also are a program that should not be ranked have the have your passer outside the top 100. We are, mm-hmm. you know, we are not a program that uh, should be in the bottom half of the conference on all of these different offensive categories. And so, to me, it's, do you see, and I'm, I'm going to steal from uh, the best Friday guest, Justin Ferguson, do you see proof of concept behind what we're trying to do Yeah, you know, in 2023? It may not work out like we imagine, but do you see where it makes sense? Because watching the last year and a half, it really didn't make a lot of sense. I'm with you. Yeah. Can you scheme guys open is what you do make sense in regards to, okay, this pass catcher is good at this type of, you know, routes or this part of the field and your quarterback's good at these things. Can you elevate that? And I don't think the previous coaching staff, I think Gus was a little bit better at it, but Harson certainly was not when it comes to like, elevating your players and putting them in situations to succeed is something I say all the time. And Robbie Ashford was not put in a situation to succeed. TJ Finley was not put in a situation to succeed. 
Tank Bigsby was not put in a situation to succeed. And so, you know, really the only name that I just mentioned that matters for next season is Robbie Ashford from the Auburn point of view. But now with Peyton Thorne transferring in, it's like whoever wins the quarterback job, are they going to be put in a better situation to succeed? The answer for both of them, regardless of who wins the job, the answer is yes. I can confidently say that the answer is yes. The offensive line that Auburn will have is better than Auburn's offensive line a year ago and Michigan State's offensive line a year ago. I can confidently, confidently say that. The receiving core, no. Peyton Thorne's receiving core is not as good at Auburn right now as it was at Michigan State a year ago. They had a second-round pick. I think Keon Coleman's going to be probably a top three-round pick, too. We'll see how he performs this year. I'm being conservative. He'll probably go top two. We'll see. So, you know, what's the other part of this? Because we all feel good about the running game, and we've seen Peyton Thorne benefit from a running game. Robbie Asher would have benefited from a running game. I think we all agree on that. The next thing in all of this, and it doesn't really have to do with any of the talent on the field, it's scheme. Can Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery's scheme open things up? And Lindsay, there was an interesting take from Montgomery in this article as well. Yeah, uh, Philip Montgomery kind of confirmed what we all knew. Yeah. And it's, he is calling plays but Hugh Freeze absolutely will have input. And if there's something that Hugh Freeze wants to run, like we're going to run it, yeah. but it is Philip Montgomery's offense. He is, he is the play caller and he is in charge of the, of the offense, but he will have input. Yeah. The, the full quote from Montgomery says, both of us wants to be on the same page and open and honest about how we're approaching it. The point that we got to was he was bringing me here to be the play caller, but also he's always got an influence and a Trump card and if there's something he wants to run, that's what we're going to do. Understanding this is the first time he's relinquished some of those duties, and that's hard. And we saw that during the Gus Malzahn era, right? Like how how hard it is for some of these offensive coaches to give up the play calling. And then it was so hard for Gus that he then took them back um, shortly shortly thereafter. We'll see if that happens with Hugh or not. And and, and I expect, and he uh, freeze hinted at this. I don't know if it was his opening press conference or one of his first ones, but he talked about how he can help in the red zone. He he's very confident in play calling in the red zone. So it wouldn't shock me if Montgomery handled the general offense and then freeze kind of spent more time maybe on, on red zone plays, that, situational that, stuff. Yeah. That was the opening press conference. Yeah. Third and three situations. Maybe that goes to Hugh freeze. I, I, I wouldn't, it, that would not shock me. And that may be something that we don't know. However, Freeze has been pretty transparent with the media. I mean, he's really talked to people like he's a human being, which has been awesome, extremely refreshing. And so, you know, that, that may be a thing where if Auburn has a great call in third and two or probably a bad call in third and two in a game and he's being questioned on it, um, he may say, yeah, that was my call or yeah, that was Philip with one else call. We'll, uh, we'll see. But I thought that was insightful. I thought that was a good response. We kind of knew that, but it, it was kind of good getting a little bit more light on that subject. Yeah, and it's it's something where I think the biggest part of this here is hearing that everybody in the building and in the room is communicating and is on the same page because mm. we had stories coming out uh, from the last group about how there was almost like different factions within the coaching staff and uh, a lot of confusion as to how things were going to go. And, and so hearing that they're on the same page with this uh, is good. And then understanding kind of goes back to what Cohen said about incremental improvement. Yeah. Like uh, Heather does a good job of highlighting some of the stats of where Auburn's offense was last year. 119th in the country in yards per game. 172. Gosh. 
Like, and it, there was times when it felt like if you had the offensive line we had this year, Tank Bigsby could have run for 172 a game. Right. And it's like, we had that as a team. We were 101st and first downs per game. And it wasn't because we were scoring so much that we didn't have to reset the, you know, the marker. Uh, 98th in third down conversion percentage. And so... It's like, Heather, Heather, stop listing these. Yeah, like, stop, <laughs> reminding us, it. <laughs> stop reminding us how bad this was. And then she's like, oh, yeah, by the way, the three seasons that Montgomery called plays in, uh, in, in Waco, they averaged like 600 yards and 50 points a game. And I'm like, okay. I like right. those stats better, Heather. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a much bigger fan of that. I will point out in here, and I, again, to your transparency, you mentioned with Hugh Freeze, he talks about it's the high-tempo RPO offense. Yeah. And he admits that like, People are like a little bit more up to speed with how it works now than the last time I was, you know, doing this. Like mm-hmm. he, he kind of is, is I'm not going to say hedging his bets, but he's kind of letting us know that like this isn't groundbreaking stuff anymore. This is like they've seen this by now. So it's just a matter of getting the right athletes and executing better. Right. Uh, other notes from Heather Dinich's story at ESPN.com, as well as how this program can continue to improve incrementally. I think some of these, there's a clearer path in some facets than others. And also, Ron Roberts, pretty lofty goals. Pretty lofty. I think pretty yeah. aggressive. Can they hit those? We'll discuss that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Built. If you were li- uh, looking for a delicious snack, but you don't know all the sugars and calories, then you need to head over to built.com to check out the best tasting protein bar ever built. You got to try it. I highly recommend the built puffs. I think the built puffs are a little bit better. Not going to lie. Not going to lie to you. They seem more filling. They're delicious. And uh, they're all covered 100% in delicious decadent chocolate. Want to really encourage you to try a bunch of different flavors. They're all at built.com. And they're all around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugars, a whopping 17 grams of protein, Lindsay. 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories. That is efficient. That's a lot. Yeah, it is. That is churro. Who likes churros, Lindsay? The women of San Antonio. There we go. There we go. Shout out Charles Barkley. Uh, If you don't want to head over to Built.com, you can go to your local Sam's Club or Walmart. Or built.com use promo code locked on 15, all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-1-5 for 15% off your order. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Lindsay, continuing the topic of improving incrementally, the other way is recruiting, right, and talent acquisition. You know, you, you mentioned what Ferg likes to say a lot, proof of concept. It's like, okay, well, we can't really do that on the field yet because we haven't seen it. We've seen a meaningless A-Day. We've seen some meaningless practice windows. That's been that's been it. Yeah. The talent acquisition, we have seen. Like, we have seen that legitimate. And I don't think anybody, there's actually a shocking amount of Auburn fans that aren't happy with it, which is just, I don't know what you want. Wait, not happy with it? Yeah, I get those comments, man. 
I get those comments. I, I just don't get it. I don't get how you like we'll lose out on a guy's like Hugh Freeze hasn't brought any quarterbacks here. It's like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? It doesn't make any sense. But see, like seriously, though, I mean the, the the talent acquisition part of this has been huge. And he tells Heather the same thing that he said in several different um pressers. He told me this uh, when I sat down with him in Mobile. But Flex. He just wants a top 10 class. He needs a top 10 recruiting class. And if he's not going to be able to get that consistently, they're going to fire him within three or four years. I mean, he's been very, very consistent in that messaging. He understands how important it is more so than probably any coach in recent Auburn history. And so I, I think with that level of, I mean, it's borderline desperation. I, I know it's got a negative twist to it, but he wakes up thinking about recruiting because he knows it's so important for this job. And I, I think Heather does a good job catching that in this story, but it, it's the same stuff that we've heard time and time again from Hugh. Yeah. One of the quotes here, he actually said, if we're not in that top 10 range, they'll probably be firing me in year four or five, but you know that coming in and it kind of goes to, she mentions this up towards the top of the piece. She talks about, about uh, how like the perception of Auburn, how about you have, these fans who are very, um, what is it? She calls it overzealous. That's the best word. Overzealous fan base. Uh, it's a pressure-packed position. And like, this is what she's talking about. It's, you understand, it's not the X's and O's, it's just the Jims and Joes. And like, you've got to get dudes because right around you geographically, on one side, literally on one side, you have Alabama and on the other, you have Georgia. Sure. And so everything you do is framed from the perspective of your two biggest rivals, your two closest geographic rivals are humming on every possible cylinder. They are driving Rolls Royces while you are trying to get uh, your your Passat to crank. And so... You think we're a Passat, really? I was going to go Yugo, and I'm like, that's an older reference. I don't know if it still checks out or not. I don't know I what that with, is. Exactly, see? I don't know what that uh, is. But... She also mentions in here, rightfully, that Hugh Freeze has now the number 20 incoming freshman class and the mm. number seven in incoming transfer class. And so he's there's some of your incremental improvement right there. Sure. Is the fact that he's able to bring in much better talent than we had and that the last couple guys have been able to bring, plural. What car is the Auburn, current state of the Auburn program? Comment, uh, comment in the, in the, Comments below. I'd be curious or let us know in locked on our discord. I think it'd be funny. Um, yeah. And also what she's talking about, you know, it's a pressure packed position, which is obvious. What she kind of misses. He's not uh, Vandy. Okay. True. Ole Miss. That a dig. Can I do that? I'm doing it. So uh, there's a, there's a part where she's talking about the booster involvement and she kind of took a dig at the booster involvement at Auburn and freeze had this quote. He said, when you take a job like this, you have to get in who really matters and the boosters do matter, but I can't be swayed or distracted by their opinions or their expectations. I have to stay within the walls of this building, which is great. Everybody wants that, but it was the boosters who wanted Hugh freeze more than anyone else. And this may be why it may be just because he's like actually like accessible and like can talk to people like a human. It sounds like you want to say something. Uh, I want to point out just real quick, because I think this is hilarious. The paragraph above that quote, she says, according to an ESPN investigative report, and there's a that's a hyperlink, you can click that. Auburn paid out $31.2 million in dead money between these dates. Uh, this is in coach buyouts, and that didn't include Harson's payment. 
The investigative report is literally an online database that Auburn provides to anybody. I just want to point that out. Like it's not uh, like a, you, an open records request type thing. It's not, a, you don't have to request it. You just click the button and it shows up. You can see every single payment made by the athletics department to, uh, to coaches, to staff. You can see all of it. I went to go confirm Harson got paid his buyout mm-hmm. when, after it happened. And so she, she, the wording she chose, the ESPN investigative report made it sound like it's this cloak and dagger thing with trench coats and, but you know, vanilla folders passed like in the dark of night in a parking yeah, garage right. and it's a website you click that they give you so yeah just it's like, thought it was funny three. sorry yeah no i get it i get it but as far as the booster stuff there's a large part of the fan base that like thinks the boosters are these like boogeymen that stand in the corner that you don't want to you know dictate everything in the in the program so that's good i think that's something that's good yeah um let's quickly discuss ron roberts Ron Roberts is, uh, do you have the quote in front of you? I'm trying to find it. Uh, I, I have it somewhere in here. Yeah. Um, it, in essence. I got it. Okay. I got uh, it. He says, if we can get in that top 10 coming out of the gate, great. But the expectation is we're at Auburn and we need to be the top 20 in the country in defense every year. And if we're not, then we're underachieving. So I got to find a way to get that done. Who? If Auburn is top 20 in defense this year and the Auburn offense is average, this is this is a nine and three, ten and two type season. Like just for people to understand, like how hard it is to be a top twenty defense in all of college football. Uh, in in the SEC, when you yeah. have to play all these really good, you have to play an LSU, you have to play a Georgia, an Alabama, uh, you know, a Texas A and M, uh, Ole Miss. Uh, Ole They're Miss, going on offense. They yes. actually can. Yeah, they'll find one of the five quarterbacks they brought in will be decent. It's fine. Right. Um, and, and so it's. She, she points out how good he was at Baylor in 2021. You know, it's like, yeah, they led the conference in interceptions, turnovers, defensive touchdowns, finished second in, rush, in run defense and scoring defense. And I'm like, well, one, why didn't you mention 2022? Because it was worse. Yeah. And then uh, it, two, it's like, you got to understand that, like, again, incremental improvement, it's not going to happen in year one. Um, but it kind of sounds like Ron Roberts has been told, like, hey, you have the free reign to get the players you need to do whatever you want to do. This is your job. Your job is to be, I'm assuming that scoring defense. I don't quite know, but it's probably yards per game. I think that's how they rank that. That's dumb. I don't disagree, but I think that's just how they do it. Yeah. Uh, it, to me, scoring defense I would, is all that matters. I, sure. I, I would take either though. Yeah. I mean, if Auburn's a top 20 defense in yards per game, it's, they're pretty dang good. Yeah, I mean, those things are, there is a correlation, but like, if it really came down to it, rank it by scoring defense. Because the only thing Yeah, make a kick a field goal on the eight-yard line. That'd be great. That'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah, yeah I'll take like, that. You know, sell out to, you know, to stop them on third and goal from the 10, so they're kicking a field goal. Yeah. So what um, it sounds like to me is we want 2021 Ron Roberts and 2021 Peyton Thorne. That, that, let's run it back, baby. 2021 was it. a year. Um, uh, yeah, I'll take it. It existed. Can I point out another real, real funny thing real quick? Yes. Uh, up, up top, she gives all the terrible stats about how bad the offense was last year. Sure. And then the paragraph right below the Ron Roberts quote, she's like, uh, Freeze has experience returning to the roster. Uh, the Tigers returned the third most production, including the top three players in receiving yards. Like, you mean the, the, the re- receiving that was like 130th in the country? One of those three players is a running back. Sure. It was Javarius Johnson, Coy Moore, and Jarquez Hunter. And it's Yikes. like in two of the three 500-yard rushers. It's like Robbie Ashford and Jarquez Hunter. Robbie Ashford may not be the starter. 
right. and then she points out two players with at least 50 tackles. And what's not great for us is one of them is a defensive back in Keontae Scott. Yeah. And then the other one's Cam Riley, who I'm not sure what's going to happen to him. I don't year. even know if he's going to like, yeah, right. Yeah. Is he in the two deep? Like I genuinely don't think he is. Yeah. And so it's just, it's just funny to me that she's like, they were so bad all these categories. Look at all this talent they bring back. It's like, you shouldn't want that. You should want different talent. They weren't good. I got you. Yeah. Well, most of those guys won't start this year. Yeah. I mean, Keontae Scott and Jarquez Hunter will start. Javaris Johnson, maybe. Probably. Coy Moore, maybe. I don't know. Coy Moore, I don't know. I think Coy Moore is a piece. I don't think he's a starter, but whatever. All right. Auburn baseball. Are they the hottest team in college baseball? I think you can make the case. You're listening to Locked on Auburn. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. I want to encourage you to join the Locked On Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. Also, you can share what car you think the Auburn football program is currently because I think we'll get some pretty funny answers with that. Lindsay, Auburn baseball sweeps Ole Miss, which is always fun to do. They haven't done it in Oxford since 2012. Mm -hmm. And let's just kind of do a quick history lesson here. Two weeks ago, Auburn goes to South Carolina, the number two team in the country, wins two out of three. Yep. Then they host LSU, the unanimous number one team in all of college baseball. They hadn't lost a series all season. They lose two out of three to the Auburn Tigers. And then Auburn sweeps Ole Miss, a team that's not good despite winning the national championship a year ago. Ole Miss has not been the same team at all. Uh, they're a bottom half conference team for sure. But they're actually 14th in the conference and now officially eliminated from the SEC tournament. You hate to see it. You really do. So but at the same time. Yeah, you love to see it. There's no doubt. So you took care of business. The fact that it, like they're not good. It's still an SEC team on the road. So RPI is going to help you because it's on the road. Mm-hmm. But can you make the case, Lindsay, that the Auburn Tigers are the hottest team in, in college baseball? Fun fact, if you go look at AuburnDaily.com, Saturday morning, yeah. I did that. I made the case that Auburn is the hottest team in college baseball. Now it's before they completed the sweep, right? That was before the sweep was done. It was just after the doubleheader on, uh, on, fr on Friday. Right. And I think a big part of it is, okay, there's, there's two aspects of this. Is one they are doing exactly what Butch Thompson said you had to do. Like they are taking care of those things that he identified. These are the things that win or lose teams games. They've gotten very, so much better at those things. And it's yeah. uh, the freebies. So hit by pitch walks, things like that. Uh, they won both those categories or they won that category in both games on Friday. Yeah. Uh, you look at the biggest inning, the team that has the, like the most runs in one inning. Auburn did that in both games of the doubleheader. And then you look at the team with the most base runners. 
Auburn did that in both games of the doubleheader. And so Auburn has had like they're they're getting these fundamental concepts. These this is like the style you need to play. You need to not give them free opportunities to score runs. You need to maximize your opportunities to score runs and you need to capitalize on those opportunities. Auburn's doing all those things. Uh, and a lot of it comes back to Tommy Vale. Uh, you know, grad transfer uh, comes in, doesn't look amazing in the fall and in the spring. And so he's a, uh, mid, a midweek guy. Yeah. They move him to the weekend and he has become one of the more dominant pitchers in the SEC, despite the fact he's throwing like 91. Right. Uh, and it's, you have now you have Tommy Vale, Christian Herbert Holtz, and then you, they put Chase Alsop in the front, in front of those guys as your don't, one, two, three. Don't love that, but I love the other two. Well, it, it's now a thing where now that everybody has their roles, right? These guys are able to give you qual uh, quality to open a game. You're not getting into a huge hole and trying to hit out of it. Auburn is able to actually uh, be competitive throughout the entire game versus being down early and having to come back every time. And they've yeah. done that plenty. They have a lot of comeback, like come from behind victories. Right. But not only are they doing that, but the back end of the bullpen has now settled down. Everybody's kind of learned. Drew Nelson's kind of be the true freshman out of uh, Troy has become that kid who can come in uh, behind Herbert Holtz or behind a veil and give you two or three out innings of scoreless ball. And let's not forget this staff chose to start him on Sunday for the first series of the season. Like, Going into it, they believed in this Drew Nelson kid. Yeah, and and they these guys that struggled early. He struggled some early. Zach Crotchfell was successful a little bit. Then he struggled a little bit early. Right. All, like Hayden Murphy barely saw the field in the first half of the season. Mm -hmm. But this coaching staff did a great job of talent evaluation and then getting these guys here. And they kept they believed in them. They kept finding opportunities for them to get into a game to get their confidence. And now. Auburn baseball was rolling. And so people, I have, I, it's so wild to me because three weeks ago I was being asked, is Auburn baseball dead? And I got asked probably 10 times over the weekend, are we going to host a regional? <laughs> and it's just, you talk about the pressure, the, 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 the pressure cooker in the sec, uh, Auburn baseball fans are definitely uh, in their, you know, ideas that we need to be hosting. And it's not out of the realm of possibility you have some SEC teams in front of you. You have to get past to Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And really, the only thing you can do is handle your business against Missouri and then go to the SEC tournament and don't get knocked out on the first day. Yeah, which, I mean, Auburn hasn't really done well in Hoover. Like, let's just call it what it, even when they've had really, really solid teams and solid pitching and they've rolled out solid dudes. It's just last year, Kentucky knocks you out in the first game. Yeah, it's just Auburn hasn't been hasn't been great. So, in yeah, Hoover anyway. Missouri this weekend, they're not very good. It's at home. You've got a lot of momentum. This should go well for the Tigers. This should go well. The Auburn Tigers. I need yeah. to be specific here. Uh, yeah, my this apologies. Is a, this is a, another Tiger Bro matchup. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going, I'm not going to say a sweep just because I just, about, I just about never call a sweep because mm -hmm. I just, it's so hard to do that. Uh, but I, this definitely does feel like you need to win two out of three. Mm -hmm. And it's not you need to, for the postseason, you're already, uh, tickets already punched to the SEC tournament. Right. You are, you're at 14 wins. That's what I talked about a month ago that you needed to be at to make the field of 64. But it's, 
if you win two more games and you're 16 and 14 in conference, you are going to be a healthy two seed. Because the goal here, like a lot of projections right now have Auburn. I think it's D1 base. D1 Baseball had them as like the best of the three seeds, so going to Connecticut for the regional. And Baseball America had them as like the worst of the two seeds, going to number one Wake Forest, which you do not want to do. Four of the five best pitchers in college are like Wake Forest guys. Um, And and so if you can win these at least two games against Missouri, you can get yourself into one of those mid-tier second seeds. And that's really where you're going to have an easier path to make it to Omaha. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Matchups are super, super important and something to something to think about and look at. So, Lindsay, how can people check out everything that you've got going on, buddy? I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show Locked on MLB Prospects is available wherever you get your podcasts. And on YouTube, you can find the Auburn baseball writing, auburndaily.com, and the Atlanta Braves writing, bravestoday.com. Yeah, find all my written stuff at auburndaily.com and bravestoday.com as well. And follow me on socials at Z Blackerby. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.